about uh, 25 years ago, a Christian author, Philip Yancey, wrote an award-winning, best-selling book entitled, Where is God When It Hurts? And it doesn't surprise me that it sold well. I think just the title alone would probably sell a lot of books because at one time or another in life, all of us hurt. And we reach out to God. And sometimes we wonder where He might be. When we're in pain, whether physical pain, spiritual pain, emotional pain, or otherwise, it can be easy to wonder, where is God when it hurts? That's the question I'd like to talk about this morning, and I'd like to do so in the context of a very well-known verse of Scripture from the 23rd Psalm, specifically the fourth verse of the 23rd Psalm. But we're going to read all six verses so we can have it in context, and because it doesn't take us long to read the 23rd Psalm. So if you're able and willing, I would invite you to stand with me as I read this psalm together for us. Now I'm reading from the New International Version, but if you memorized it once upon a time in the King James, then you can just let those words run through your head while I read it in the NIV. This is a psalm of David, as you know. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. You may be seated. <coughs> Now, no matter how it may feel at the time, God doesn't desert us in our times of need. David knew that God walked with him through the darkest valleys in life. And if we will trust Him, we can know that God is there with us as well. As a shepherd boy tending the flocks of his father, David was responsible for keeping them safe, for leading them through some of the crisscrossed, treacherous ravines that were there in the Judean wilderness. In many places there were passages that grew very narrow, even to a single file stretch, winding their way along cliffs and rocks full of hiding places for all kinds of critters and creatures, wild hyenas, wolves, robbers, and uh, the like. Not to mention the, the danger of, of sliding rock and those sorts of things. If you've ever been responsible for tending livestock of any kind, you know that there are a great many dangers that can befall them. Some commentators have said that a treacherous path was sometimes called a glen of gloom or a 
valley of the death shadow? Perhaps so. David certainly uses that picturesque language to describe the, the deepest and the darkest of the trials that we face in life. Those that have the power, if possible, to shake our faith to the very core. And note that the verse doesn't say, if I walk through the valley. It's as though I walk through the valley. It can even be translated, when I walk through the valley. The implication, of course, is that everyone inevitably finds himself or herself in a valley sometime in life. Let's face it, at least as far as our external circumstances are concerned, life isn't all banquet tables, overflowing cups, and green pastures, is it? Sometimes our hair isn't anointed with oil, but grimy with grease. Sometimes we're not lying in green pastures, but we're battling through blue Mondays. Sometimes we're not resting by the still waters, but we're struggling in the valley of the shadow. Every one of us has a valley. Some of us have a valley that we're born with, a valley perhaps of poverty or abuse or disability or disadvantage. Others of us have valleys foisted upon us in other ways, through the sins of others perhaps. Still others among us are born in a situation of privilege. We have the security of the green pastures. But we immediately proceed to dig our own valleys through drugs or alcohol or violence or ignorance or prejudice. Uh, David in another psalm describes those like that as digging a pit, but those who fall into it themselves. They... They dig their own pits, their own valleys, if you will. But whether your valleys have been foisted upon you or you created them yourself, everyone at some time goes through a very dark valley or two or more in life. But that valley need not be fearsome. David said, even when I face the worst trials life may send my way, I will fear no evil. He wasn't afraid of some evil that might come upon him and defeat him. He was calm. He was at peace. We read this psalm to find calmness and peace in troubled times in our own lives because David exudes that kind of peace and calm as he writes. How can he have that? Why could he face the valley of the shadow of death without fear? Because God was with him. Because you are with me, he tells God. Where is God when it hurts? God is right there with us. Right there in that hurt with us. God is beside us all through like a shepherd guarding his flock. God defends us with His protective rod. Like a shepherd directing the sheep, God leads us with His guiding staff. Of what should we be afraid? Like that hymn we sung just moments ago, What have I to fear? What have I to dread? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace 
with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arm. Because God is with us. Our job is to trust Him, that He knows what He's doing, that He's going to get us safely wherever He wants us to be. God is with us. We need not be afraid. Now you may respond by saying, well, sure, we know that God is with us because God is everywhere, right? If He's God, God is everywhere. The, the, the $10 theological word for that is omnipresent. It just means God is everywhere. So we know God is with us in, in some capacity. And there is truth in that. I happened upon a little poem that illustrates it in an interesting, humorous sort of way about a little boy going home from church one Sunday. It goes like this. He was just a little boy on a week's first day. He was wandering home from Sunday school and dawdling on the way. He scuffed his shoes in the grass. He saw a caterpillar. He found a fluffy milkweed pod and blew out all the filler. A bird's nest in a tree overhead so wide, wisely placed on high was just another wonder that caught his eager eye. A neighbor watched his zigzag course and hailed him from the lawn, asked him where he'd been that day and what was going on. I've been to Sunday school, he said, and turned a piece of sod. He picked up a wiggly worm, replying, I've learned a lot about God. A very fine way, the neighbor said, for a boy to spend his time. If you'll tell me where God is, I'll give you a brand new dime. Quick as a flash, the answer came, nor were his accents faint. I'll give you a dollar, mister, if you can tell me where God ain't. <laughs> this little boy was seeing God as he came home from church in the grass, in the caterpillars, the milkweed pods, the birds' nests, the wiggly worms. He knew that God was all around him. Do we recognize that God is all around us in ways we too often take for granted? God is everywhere, therefore He technically is with us even in the valley. But what David is saying here goes beyond that, far beyond in fact. And maybe it's just because our need for God in moments like that sometimes creates in us a greater awareness of the presence of God. But whatever the case, God seems especially near when we have to travel those dark valleys in our lives. Notice in verse 4, David is no longer talking about God in the third person. The Lord is my shepherd. He does this for me and that. No, now he's talking to God in the second person. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me, he says. Is it significant that his direct dialogue with God begins here in verse 4 while his mind is on the valley? I think so. I don't believe it's an accident that the presence of God in this psalm suddenly becomes more immediate as David talks about going through this dark valley in his life. Often it's in the darkest valleys that God's presence and His grace seem more real to us than ever before. Doreen Tomlin is a committed Christian whose son John 
was killed in the tragic Columbine school shooting back in 1999. And while she was walking through that dark valley in her life of losing her son to that sort of a tragedy, she, she told an interviewer, I've experienced God's comfort in a deeper way than ever before. He hasn't taken away the pain of grieving, but He has become my partner in it. He becomes our partner in our pain, in our hurt, in our struggles, in our valleys of life. He doesn't promise to spare us from them, but He promises to be with us in them. I was 12 years old when my maternal grandmother passed away in the summer of 1974. And by God's providence, I think, my brother and I were away in California visiting family and friends. And my parents decided to wait until we got home a couple of weeks later to share with us the news. But now, almost 50 years later, what I remember about that more than anything else in my mom's account was her telling me how strongly she sensed the presence of God helping her through her grief. She said that God seemed closer than ever, comforting her and giving her strength. Even in a time when she was not as strong a believer and Christian as she would become within about five years. God was with her. And of all the things that I could remember about her telling me of my grandmother's passing, that's the one that has stuck with me for 49 years. When those kinds of valleys come along, we stop talking about God and we start talking to God seriously. And when we do, we find that God is with us. Just as David says in Psalm 23, verse 4, God is there. On May the 17th of 1998, a Christian named Barney Visser lost his son Chad when Chad died of a stroke still in his early 20s. And later, Mr. Visser wrote this. He said, in the hospital, I experienced God's presence as more real than at any other time in memory. When tragedy strikes, He is there. He is there to pick us up and carry us through. Like Psalm 23 verse 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He says, when David wrote this, he was in the valley of the shadow of death, as we have been, and God was there. He did pick us up. He did carry us through. In the past, as I've watched other parents bury their children, I couldn't imagine how they could get through the pain. I just sat there in awe. I couldn't believe how painful it must be. And it is without doubt the most painful thing you can imagine. But God was there. He carried us through. God will be with us all through life. In the good days and the bad days. On the mountaintops and in the valleys. And friends, God is with us whether we know it or not, whether we recognize it or not. 
Even though you may not sense God's helping hand in your time of trial, that doesn't mean He's not there. You remember that old poem, Footprints? It was very popular a generation or so ago about the fellow who was with God reviewing his life like footprints on the seashore and the sand. And, and he noticed that every so often uh, the two pairs of footprints of his and, and God's turned into one pair and then two and then one. And, and, and he said, uh, how, how come it is that, that in these dark times of my life that you have left, that you're not there, that you've abandoned me? And God has to correct him and say, Oh, you misunderstand. It was in those difficult times, those valleys in your life, that I was carrying you. It's a bit hokey, but it's true. It's absolutely the case. God carries us through. Even though we may not sense God's presence, it may only be by His grace that we're able to cope with the valleys and make it through. I want to tell you a story that Leonard Sweet tells, and then I'll be done. It's about some Native American tribe, I don't know which. Supposedly they had a rite of passage for all boys when they turned 13. On the night of their first teenage birthday, they would be blindfolded and taken several miles away from camp. And then the warriors would leave this new teenager alone there in a dense, dark forest. And he'd be forced to stay there and fend for himself all through the night. Now, if you can't identify or imagine how, how scary that would be, how terrifying, I can because when I was just about that very age, whenever my brother and I would misbehave, one of the tools that my dad had in his disciplinary tool belt was a threat to send us out in the middle of the darkest night. Now, we lived way out in the country on a quarter section. And he threatened to tie something to the very back fence and send us out there in the middle of the night to retrieve it. It was half mile I guess over had to cross two creeks and that was scary enough to get my brothers and my attention and we straightened up right quick <laughs> we never did have to go to the back fence in the middle of the night because we were we were frightened about doing that you can imagine how frightened this young brave might have been out there in the forest by himself the the darkness would have seemed overwhelming the animals would have been howling and the wind would have made those strange noises the wind makes when we're alone and, and just a bit uneasy. Every leaf that rustled would have sounded like some approaching enemy, some, some threat that would somehow harm him. And after going through this tense night on edge, not getting any sleep or rest at all, the sun would finally start to come over the horizon and this young boy would see the forest as it really was. Flowers blooming, trees swaying in the breeze, the, the squirrels and the animals uh, rustling through the leaves trying to find food. 
But to his utter surprise, this boy would see an imposing male figure just yards away. And unbeknownst to that scared boy, his father had been there the whole time, all through the night, watching over him to protect him from any threat or danger the forest might have brought to him. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Like a caring father, our God watches over us as we go through this forest of life, as we walk through the valleys that sometimes come upon us. God is there. God suffers with those who suffer. God suffers with us. And more than that, God suffers for us. You know that Jesus is also known as Emmanuel, which means God with us. And He died for us on Calvary's cross in the definitive once-for-all answer to the question, where is God when it hurts? With us, that's where. And don't let yourself ever forget it. Pray with me. Father, we are so grateful that you are with us. Always. Everywhere. No matter what our circumstance, no matter whether we're on the mountaintop or in the deepest, darkest valley, you never abandon us. You stand with us to hold us, to carry us if necessary. And God, David knew that reality so many centuries ago. May we remember that reality on this day in our lives. God, we know that there are hurtful times in human experience. None of us is exempt. We each experience that kind of pain, that kind of hurt, the, the darkness of the valleys. But God, it is so much easier to face those things in the knowledge that you are with us, that you notice, that you care, and that you help us. And I pray on this day, if, if we learn nothing else, that we will remember your presence with us in the valleys of life. And God, I pray that as we go through them, we might conduct ourselves in such a way as to bring you glory and honor always. In Jesus' name, amen.